Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us at OutKick to all of you across the OutKick network. OutKick 360, the final hour is here. Sixth and Peabody. The day before Thanksgiving, this place is packed. I'm, surprised. Beer, I'm a little bit surprised. All smoky moonshine. They're actually open tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day. They are definitely right. open on Black Friday as well uh, for some great shopping here in the uh, gift shop. This is not your ordinary gift shop at a brewery. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> this, is, this place is insane. This is a gift shop with a brewery and a distillery, we often yeah. do. Yes. You know the, um, the shop at every Cracker Barrel, the country store yeah. element yeah. of it? Multiply that times two. That's what we have here. At and instead of the smells of Cracker Barrel, you smell the distillery and the shine, the brewery, the yeah, shine. The, shine. the shine. And if you're like me and love eggnog, and you go have and you tap into an eggnog, oh yes, I, uh, twice already, twice by mid-November they start to it starts to appear in stores, and I'll get it. It's good. It's a good. It's a good year for eggnog. It's good backs <laughs> this year. Every year is different. Different aromas. It's all about the cows and the health of them from year to year. The nog. This is a good year for eggnog. There's no doubt about it. I have yet to step foot out of the studio today, so I've not even seen a crowd That's at all. That's impressive, buddy. I'll have to do that no next bathroom break, will see the glory no water break. out there. The, if, 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 if it's glorious outside, guys we outside know out of there. these walls right here in the studio, <laughs> I will step foot out into There's the glory. There's some guys glory. we know out there. Hit us up on Twitter. Home. Outkick 360 Excellent. is where you can uh, interact with the show. We're about to uh, go through how the Titans go on the road and win in Foxborough in Week 12. First of all, let's just kind of set the scene as they practice today. Paul, I believe you were out there for availability today. I was. Um, what's the latest with the backup quarterback situation for Sunday? Well, uh, Logan Woodside is on the COVID list, uh, though they oddly list him on the injury report as ill. Um, he, he is ill, I suppose, but he's on the COVID list. So um, they are down to a practice squad uh, quarterback, Hogan, uh, Kevin Hogan. So uh, I presume he'll he'll be elevated and and put in the. Uh, in, in, uh, it's possible we don't we don't know the circumstances of Kevin Hogan from Stanford. Unvaccinated. Yeah, I know him. It. Yes, I don't know Tim Doyle or Boyle. Boyle. <laughs> you really don't. I don't know, know either one of them. So I don't want to know. Uh, you know, and the biggest question then you is AJ Andrew Brown. Luck. That's right. AJ Brown chest injury did not practice. Um, Nate Davis still not back from that concussion. We were talking today. Luke Worsham from A to Z Sports actually brought this up. I didn't double check him, but I have no reason not to believe him that the offensive line has not played one game together. The five primary guys start to finish, which I find hard to believe. But the, now that I think about it, I think it's true. No, that is true. Mike Keith has pointed that out every week. Has he? That's crazy to me. I hadn't thought about it, and uh, they they could really use that this week. That that defensive front for New England is very good and uh, going to cause problems, and it would be a terrible week for Ryan Tannehill is Davis back? to get hit and miss snaps. Saying I'm, saying, I'm saying if he's back. If he's back. They, they, they could finally have that. Yeah. Um, and obviously some of those guys have not had their best year. Nate Davis has not had – he had a great year last year. He's not had a great so year. So I was thinking year. about this uh, randomly. 
Uh, I mentioned yesterday Golden Tate is about to be the number two option at, at receiver for the Titans. Yeah, Des Fitzpatrick's going to um, return to the bench. Yeah, like, like he should. I mean, the guy's been around since the draft. And he doesn't know the offense. Um, but go, going back to Tate, they sign him a week before the bye. So keeping that in mind, they signed with the practice squad a week before the bye week. Is he active on Sunday? And if so, I can't expect much from him knowing the office. I know he practiced today for the first time. Or is the, could we see him just on the practice squad and then two weeks from now we actually see him elevated? And second, second part to this question, does, does this tell us anything about how early or how long they may keep Julio Jones on IR? By signing him. Well, let's leave the Julio Jones for a second. I think he's active this week to get out from under Des Fitzpatrick. I, I think he has to be active to get out from under Des Fitzpatrick. Well, they could have, have Hollister. They could have... Yeah, I mean, but you have Nick Westbrook-Akina. You have um, uh, Chester Rogers. Those two for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollister's coming off an injury, though. And so but he knows the offense. Yeah, but you don't know how fit he is coming off the injury. And you don't know how fit Tate is coming off of uh, nowhere. Right. So I think the two of them together amount probably to one wide receiver. Or do you and keep Des Fitzpatrick up for one more game? I, I don't think they can trust Des Fitzpatrick. And I think Mike Vrabel's operational thing is I see that guy mess up a couple plays I agree with and you. cost me possessions, and I'm done. I'm, I agree with you. Put I'm him just, on I'm the I'm looking shelf. at the timing of it and wondering, because of the bye week, do you keep him on the practice squad one week and then – Two weeks from now, we see Tate called up after a couple of weeks of practice. I, I expect him. I, I'd expect him right away. I, he also I has experience so. with Rob Moore, if I'm not mistaken, um, which I, I think would hasten hasten so. the return. Also, a guy like that, you know, you can give him limited stuff and say, "We're going to do these five things with you, uh, or, and we'll put you in, or treat him the way they treated Des Patrick at the line of scrimmage." I mean, Ryan Tannehill's turning you around. Got that? Hey, Chad, Des, you, Des you got it. You Chad, got it. Your thing. Hey, Des, you got that. Now, just insert, right. insert, good? insert, good, insert, insert Golden in there. Go ahead. Gold. Hey, G-Man, you got that? Golden. You good? You good, G? Same thing. Golden. All right, good. You can good. have the same so, player. But when he says and yes, go. when he says yes, I think you can believe him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not going to lie. Yeah, that's What's right. crazy about all this is Des Fitzpatrick caught a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Des didn't, Fitzpatrick, know, didn't know the audibles, didn't Des know the offense, but caught a touchdown. and Adrian Peterson have more touchdowns than Julio Jones. Uh, keys well, you have to, to be in games. Keating, uh, keys to beating the Patriots. Um, well, to Des Fitzpatrick, uh, he played in two yeah, games. Right. Uh, and so did Adrian Peterson. Uh, yeah, Julio's been in more games. Yeah, keys sure. to uh, beating the Patriots. Uh, just looking at the numbers here and how the Titans, with what they have, go on the road and win in Foxborough. My first key remains the same, and it's going to remain the same with this group on offense. Find a way to win this football game win a football game no fancy stats needed here no fancy analysis coming here just get it done against Houston they never made the critical play and they're going to need somebody to step up and do that this week in fact the Titans were the ones who gave up the critical plays last week to one of the worst teams in football they can't have that against a very opportunistic Patriots defense they're also in need of a spark and they're banged up and injured. And I, I remember times where Jeff Fisher would press that aggressive button in games against Indianapolis, for instance, where they were, they were behind the eight ball a bit. And he would be aggressive on special teams, aggressive on a kickoff, uh, aggressive on a punt option. 
uh, where they were decided underdogs. And while this is only a, a touchdown spread, they need something to get some confidence and a spark going. I wonder if they implement a few wrinkles here against Belichick. Maybe not. Maybe they think they can go in and play their identity football. I don't buy it with this running back core right now. But that's their identity, and they need more than just to lay and, and relax on their identity. Second key also sounds incredibly simplistic. Paul, you mentioned yesterday they've got to go score. Uh, the Patriots have only allowed 13 points in their last three games. That's not an average. That's allowed that's 13 ridiculous. points in their last three games. No team has been playing better on defense than the New England Patriots since they lost to Dallas in week six. And for the season, their defense is the best scoring defense, allowing only 16 points per game. But if you look at it since week six when they played Dallas, they're allowing just 10 points per game on average. That's ridiculous. The Titans in that same stretch, though, have been really good. Same stretch. They're only allowing 18 points per game. So this is a very low-scoring defensive game, which favors New England. The Titans have to grab the lead and then take advantage of that, play their style of football with the lead instead of chasing on the scoreboard like they were against Houston. And finally, sack Mack. Mac Jones has been sacked 22 times, seven times in the last three games. This is a Titans defense that is much better in this category, but did not get a sack last week against a terrible Houston offensive line and a quarterback that passed for 107 yards and was scrambling to touchdowns. This is a different type of test this week against Mac Jones. He's going to get the ball out extremely fast, but... That's the, that's the league now. The Titans have also been getting to the quarterback extremely fast on the routine basis. They need to get three or more sacks in this game. I, I think that's, that's a critical number because they've got to make the rookie uncomfortable. And he hasn't really felt uncomfortable in weeks. He's completing 83% of his passes. Uh, very opportunistic. I mean, again, it's very easy to sit and dink and dunk and be 83%. But that's what you want out of your rookie. Um, He's not throwing it around a ton. No, it's a dinky, dinky dunky. 139 yards, 198 yards, 207 yards. Those are his last three games. So this is a, a run-based offense and very opportunistic, and they pick, they, they pick their matchups that they want in the passing game. The matchup the Titans need to take advantage of are on the line of scrimmage, and I think it's three or more sacks because that, that gives your, your, your offense some good field position, that's essentially a turnover because you're putting them behind the sticks. You're getting the ball back. And again, you make the rookie uncomfortable where he's expecting pressure even though there's no pressure around him. It's time for the defense to take over like we know they're capable of doing. That's why I put this as a key because that's how they go on the road and win. It's a defense and special teams mindset where you throw in some wrinkles, you take advantage of the fact that you're facing a rookie, albeit a good one, you're facing a rookie quarterback, and you keep this game within reach in the fourth quarter. I, I, I'm totally with you on, on the, uh, the approach against Jones. The one problem is I think that New England's thinking the same way on the other side. Not that Tannehill's some rookie, but the Patriots' mm -hmm. defense has 18 interceptions this season, most in the league. And we've spent the early part of this week talking about Tannehill's breakdown where he's thrown 12 and he's coming off four. They have 12 interceptions in the last five weeks. They have 18 total. So they're 12 rolling, in the last five. And they're going to have big eyes. And they also, the Titans' offensive line is susceptible. Mm -hmm. And the Patriots' front gives people problems. And so I think that's an issue on the other side, too. The Titans have to protect a lot better and be ready for a team that's going to come after them more effectively 
than they've seen lately. So a fourth key, if I may, some dessert here, uh, because this plays into what Paul's getting at with their the New England defense. 12 picks in the last five games. But for the season, they have the third best third down defense. They're only allowing the opponent to convert on third down 30% of the time. The Titans, even if they don't score, time of possession here is key. And you've got to move the stick some. And for me, it starts with Deontay Foreman. I think this is his type of game. I want to see what he's capable of when he's given the opportunity to be the bell cow. Because in digging up the numbers, last week, uh, I want him to have 10 or more carries in this game because last week he had a three-yard gain, an eight-yard gain, a nine-yard gain, and a one-yard gain. That was all on one drive. He only had three other carries in the game. I want to see what he can do with a, a bit more attention paid to him out of the backfield, and I think he kind of fits the the style that Henry was running with. He's not Derrick Henry. No one is. Um, he He's not a number two running back, really. I mean, he's on the street for a reason. My point, though, is he's what you have. And I want to see more of Deontay Foreman to see if they can stay within third and manageable and keep the defense off balance here instead of pinning their ears back on third and long. Because when that happens, what does Coach Mack say? They're bringing heat, and then Mike Keith says, and Tannehill is sacked. That, that will happen in this game if it's third and long. And if they could get in a third and short, you'll see a lot of Hilliard probably. I, I think they're up on Hilliard now. And Hilliard did a nice job in that job. He, he's... Closer to McNichols, obviously, than anybody's going to be to Henry in that third down. Here's the thing to me about this game, Chad, and it's funny to me. I I think the one thing Titans fans could take the most comfort in, in a game like this, crucial game against prime competition, is that Vrabel regularly has found ways as a shorthanded underdog. And you just have this feeling like, he does not follow up a dud like that as a shorthanded underdog against a good team. They might lose, but they're probably not going up there and getting rolled. They're probably in it in the fourth quarter, and he's pretty damn good in it in the fourth quarter. I'm more interested in seeing Ryan Tannehill follow up a dud with a great game. That's I, 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 I don't doubt what you're saying about Vrabel. I think he will have a good plan. Tannehill's got to be so much better. And if, if, if he's better, they're going to have a good shot in this game to win a low-scoring defensive battle. And if he's even, he can't even be half better. I mean, he's got he's got to be remarkably better than what we saw last week from him. Well, if last week gonna, was night, this game needs to be yeah. day. I think both that's sides, how different it's got to be. I think both sides are going to dink and dunk, and then maybe one of them hits a big play over the top because the defense is getting comfortable defending dink and dunk. But neither of these teams are hitting a lot long. The Titans certainly aren't. Titans aren't throwing deep. Titans don't have a deep weapon. Um, and so I was asking questions today. I'll probably write this, but you, you have to be disciplined both on both sides. Defense yeah. Bayard was talking about being disciplined. You know, they're going to just check down and everything, and you can't get over-anxious on it. And the Titans' offense are going to have to be the same. You know, they're just going to be throwing to, to inexperienced receivers or Golden Tate, and they're going to be throwing to Hilliard. But the, the unfortunate truth about this offense is it is built on being the bully. And it's tough to be the bully when your bully is on injured reserve. And all two of your bullies. Well, their identity is Henry. Yeah. And they've lost that. I, I still think they've got to stick with the run. And New England has done a really great job of taking away the run. Their last two opponents, they've done that. The last two opponents were Atlanta and Cleveland. And they took away those, those rushing attacks 
uh, due to injury and due to COVID uh, because of what what was happening with Cleveland. But here, here's the, the Titans can't have can't be the third straight team to have zero run game against New England's defense. And Cleveland's a lot like the Titans. The best wins, going back to the best wins of the season for New England, these are the rushing totals that they've allowed. 40, 99, 78, 62, 67, 74. 67! Yeah, I mean, just they, they shut it down. The Titans have to find a way to run it and run clock. And again, we, we've that's talked. Their, that's there, their identity. There have been a lot of games we saw lately successful with 2.2-yard averages. I, I, it's hard to figure how it works. You, you get enough carries that you, you space them out, but you sustain some sort of balance. This could be that kind of game for them where the run success might not be in the yardage. Yeah. Coming up. We're going to strike up the band. Withrow's got his top 10 college football it's games good week. It's a good for week. the weekend. I've got one thing on every Thanksgiving game for you tomorrow as well. It's all straight ahead. But first, CompetitiveCyclist.com. From derailers to bar tape, nutrition to racks, trainers to tires, helmets to bibs, the cycling kind of beyond. Do you spend your hours online researching your dream bike? Some people love this stuff almost as much as the experts at CompetitiveCyclist.com. Yes, and Competitive Cyclist is the online specialty retailer of road and mountain bikes, components, apparel, accessories, featuring cycling standout brands. And it's unrivaled in house bike assembly operation. They bring the personal attention of the best local bike shops, along with the selection and convenience only possible with shopping online. But the real difference in Competitive Cyclists are the gearheads. Equal parts customer service and cycling fanatic. Gearheads are former pro athletes, Olympians, and seasoned cyclists with years of experience. Here's what you need to do. You go to competitivecyclist.com slash outkick360, and you enter the promo code outkick360. You get 15% off of your first full-priced purchase, plus free shipping on orders of $50 or more. Go right now. Get 15% off plus free shipping at competitivecyclist.com slash outkick360. Enter the promo code OUTKICK360. You don't even have to worry about Cyber Monday. Take advantage of Black Friday. It starts right now at competitivecyclist.com slash OUTKICK360. OUTKICK360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you from everyone here at the show. Coming up. One thing, at least one thing, on every Thanksgiving Day game across the NFL tomorrow, you can weigh in on that. Outkick360 on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, First, though, let's strike up the band. Chad Withrow's top 10 college football games for week 13 across the entire weekend. What we got, Chad? Do we have a band? Oh, we do. I was hoping for a band. The band in our head that plays constantly. Great drums, great beat, someone marching. Oh, yes, there it is. Games of the week, rivalry week, Thanksgiving week edition. We begin at number 10 in the Civil War. Oregon State at Oregon. I've talked about this before. I hate that nickname for a state that wasn't around during the actual United States Civil War. But either way, it's going to be a good one. Oregon trying to bounce back after getting embarrassed in Salt Lake City against Utah. They get the Beavers, that game, at 3.30 Eastern time on ESPN. Number nine, I'm not buying that this is going to be all that close. I think Clemson handles South Carolina in this game. It's been a great year for Shane Beamer in year one. 
It's been a bad year for Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. They're 11 and a half point favorites in Columbia. I think Clemson rolls the Gamecock 730 on SEC Network. Florida State at Florida. How about Mike Norvell? 0-4 start to the season. Looked like he was going to get fired midseason. Looked like there was no hope for Florida State. They have battled. They haven't beaten anyone great this year. But what they've done is salvage what was going to be a disastrous 2021. And they could get to a bowl game. This is for a bowl for both teams, believe it or not. Florida State at Florida. Florida is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home with no head coach. They've got a lame-duck situation. Winner goes to a bowl. Florida State and their fans would be excited to go to a bowl starting 0-4. I don't think Gator fans are going to be rushing to whatever bowl destination Florida's headed to this year. I don't think there's going to be a flock of Gators driving to Birmingham for their bowl game this year. That game is at noon Eastern on ESPN. Game number seven, Texas A&M at LSU. A&M only a a six-and-a-half-point favorite in Baton Rouge. That's a night game on ESPN. LSU, we've said it all year, they still have the talent. They're also in a lame-duck coaching situation. A&M salvaged the season after a bad start. I think A&M goes in and handles business in this game. Game I I like A&M in this matchup. Game number six, Kentucky at Louisville. Louisville, a three-point favorite. Um, Kentucky. What's that about? Kentucky lost three straight games. Talked to Trey Wallace about it. Uh, they were up. It wasn't. They ended up covering against New Mexico State. Yeah. But it was sort of a uninspired start to that game. I think they scored 21 or 14 by halftime. New Mexico State. New Mexico State's awful. Uh, Kentucky got up 21 to three quickly on Vandy, and sort of sputtered in that game as well. Kentucky's. Just okay. I, I mean, it's it's crazy to say they're eight and three, but I look at that team right now and I say they're just okay. I look at Louisville and say the same thing. And Paul, what we're seeing is it's a pick 'em, and the game's at Louisville. I believe a ninth win is worth two hundred fifty thousand dollars for Stoops. Yes, and um, then the question becomes: Is Stoops really in it for the long haul at Kentucky? I think he is. I don't think anyone's going to be that hard after him, quite options. frankly. And I think he's a lifer at Kentucky. Well, he gets a uh, for seven wins each season. He's automatically renewed on a contract. I mean, it's a uh, it's and an excellent contract. And he's already got eight. He's already got eight. And this game is the difference between. I think Trey's right. They are guaranteed a Tampa, a Jacksonville, a Florida bowl game with a win in this one. I think lose this one, they risk being jumped by Tennessee for some bowl games, even though they would so, be a game better. They're also a loser head-to-head with Tennessee. Chad, I want to briefly go back to Florida, Florida State. I, Just for conversation's sake, what do you think that the effort and investment will be from a Gators team? We know how they responded defensively whenever their defensive coordinator was fired a couple weeks ago. How do you think this team responds at home after seeing Mullen canned? It's a pride game uh, because... I mean, I don't think they here's – the, here's the catch-22 of this. I don't think Florida players want to go play in a bowl particularly. I also don't think they want to lose to Florida State. And this could really break one of two extremes. Sometimes you see the coach All get fired and everyone quits, and it's a miserable outing from the start, and you can tell pretty early on they're not in it. And you could just have a, a group that goes out and plays loose and plays hard yeah. for whoever the interim is. Jordan, and they go out and play well. Jordan Travis has not thrown an interception uh, in his last five games as a sophomore quarterback for Florida State. But he has been sacked 12 times in the last three games. 
There's a turnover potential there for the Gators if they, for some reason they're looking for a spark. I don't think they play with much, much conviction. I don't try to give a lot of betting advice during this segment, but I will say um, I really like Florida State yep. as a road underdog, and I really like Kentucky as a three-point underdog at Louisville. If you're going to bet money line on a, on a slight underdog, I love Florida State. I love Kentucky in those two games. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Absolutely. And if you're not already signed up, you got a really good offer for Thanksgiving. You can check out there as well. Games five through one as we roll along uh, to my top five games of the week. We go to number five, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Wisconsin can lock up the Big Ten West with a win. If Minnesota wins, there is a scenario where they could get into a four-way tie that they would win and be the Big Ten West representative in the Big Ten championship they game. They being Minnesota? Minnesota, yes. So Minnesota is at five and three. In conference, Wisconsin six and two. If Minnesota wins, they would need a Nebraska win over Iowa, and they would need Purdue to beat Indiana, which should happen. Purdue's a big favorite. If all of that happens, Minnesota would be the winner in the four-way tie because it then goes to head-to-head record, which would eliminate two teams. Or sorry, best record amongst all the teams, which they're two and one. Then it would go head-to-head, and Minnesota beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin has been playing well. Wisconsin, after a rough start, has been has been really good. They survived last week against Nebraska. I think Nebraska Iowa is going to be another great game. And Hutton, I told you earlier this week, no Adrian Martinez for the Huskers. He's out injured, and you said, bet the house, bet the house on Nebraska, bet the bad. house on on Logan Smothers in Nebraska, <laughs> the new starting quarterback, Smothers, the last known Smothers brother. Game number four, Penn State at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State was horrific against Ohio State. Ohio State had a lot to do with that. Can they bounce back? This is another tight Vegas line game. Penn State at Michigan game, my fourth game of the week, three thirty on ABC. Iron Bowl, it's a nineteen and a half point line. Alabama, a 28-point favorite over, I think, a much better... Right now, Arkansas, much better than Auburn. 28-point favorite. This is where the Iron Bowl factors in. Also, quite frankly, Bama's performance against teams like LSU and Arkansas, where those games are way closer than it should have been. Um, I think this has a chance to get crazy in this game. Iron Bowl, always one to watch. Two weeks in a row, Chad. Auburn has blown two-score leads. Uh, Gus is gone, and Auburn is a mess. Uh, Bo Nix is not playing this, as everyone knows. Meanwhile, Bryce Young, he needs five touchdown passes to surpass Tua for the most passing touchdowns in a season at Alabama. What a year it's been for him. Oklahoma State, my second biggest game of the week. Oklahoma State at home. It's Bedlam. Mike Gundy said earlier this week he does not see this series continuing. Once Oklahoma moves to the SEC, that's unfortunate. This game has had some wacky moments in its history. Oklahoma has been a big-time favorite in this game many times, and they lose to Oklahoma State many times. Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy has had this pivot this season to a defensive force. He is known for offense with the Cowboys. They are a great defensive team. If Oklahoma State wins this, they have that backdoor opportunity if some things go right to sneak their way into the college football playoffs. They have not allowed a touchdown in their last four games. Mike Gundy should want it to continue, right? He's not going to have many good games on his schedule. It's Oklahoma coming into the SEC who probably wouldn't want a tough out-of-conference game, but they should both want it. There are politics in the state of Oklahoma where everyone is pissed off at Oklahoma, and especially in the Big 12. I don't foresee any team in the Big 12 
playing Texas or Oklahoma for the next 15 to 20 years. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. It may be our kids growing up to see that series be renewed eventually. I don't need any of them, but you need that one. It's going to be it's going to be a problem. But I mean, we also thought we needed Texas Tech A and M. It went away. They survived. But those two programs hate each other also and won't play each other. Oklahoma State's defense, number three in the country in total defense. They lead the country in sacks. They have forty-two sacks on the season. They rank fourth in rush defense, and they're number ten in pass defense. I mean, they they're excellent. They're only allowing 5.8 points per game since they lost to Iowa State. And they're the least talked about team, top 10 team in the country probably. C.J. Stroud can win the Heisman in my number one game of the week. We talked about it with Kenneth Walker last week who did nothing against Ohio State. Ohio State is the best offense in America right now. C.J. Stroud is putting up video game-like numbers. This game at Michigan, it's going to be 28 degrees at kickoff. For this game, I love it. Not a lot needs to be said about Ohio State, Michigan, especially when it's number two versus number five. Michigan with a chance, with a win, to get themselves into a college football playoff. Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh bet on himself, lowered the buyout, lowered his his uh, his pay at Michigan, came back, and this is what can happen sometimes. Nebraska hoping this happens with Scott Frost. They've had a great year. They got a chance to make it a special year against Ohio State. That is the big noon kickoff on Fox. Excited for Ohio State, Michigan. Can Michigan slow down that Ohio State offense? Because that's what it's going to take because they can't score uh, with Ohio State. If this becomes a shootout, excited to watch that one. It's a no-brainer number one game of the week. I I know it's different on a college football Saturday, but doesn't that feel like it should be in primetime? You know what? That noon kickoff has become primetime. The ratings are massive. The ratings for Fox, it, 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 I've been watching the ratings all year. It, far and away, the most watched window in college football is noon on Fox, even better than CBS SEC game of the week in the middle of the afternoon. Well, that shows you people will go to, to where the game is. I also think people are most excited to be in front of their television watching a game First at 11 a.m. Central. Yeah, yeah, right after right when the game kickoff, starts, straight into the game. I think, it's, I think it's hit or miss after that. People running around to kids' games or – running errands, doing different things. After you get that one game in, the rest of the afternoon and night is basically dependent on if your team is playing and what window they're in if you're going to sit around and watch a game start to finish. It's interesting with my kids' stuff. I'm generally, not this late in the season, but generally least free in that time. I like having the young kids because the uh, tip-off for basketball games during football season are 9 (laughs) a.m. We don't play after 9 a.m. every every Saturday morning. That's good. I'll kick the tailgate. We'll be at the Iron Bowl on Saturday morning. Hope you'll join us across the Outkick Network uh, where we will get going at 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern, 10 to noon Eastern right here on the Outkick Network. I at should le- know this. Have you been to Auburn? I have or is not. this a new one for you? This so will we'll be my first another. time, yeah. I have never been to a game at Auburn. I was once the three-point shootout champion at an Auburn basketball camp. I have been to Auburn. When I was in high school. That, that's my Auburn experience. I've been to Auburn. It's, it's been a good while, but that did not do much for me. At least one thing on every Thanksgiving Day game across the NFL tomorrow. Let's start with Let's the roll. Bears at the Lions. Uh, it appears Jared Goff is going to be the starter. The Lions have passed for a touchdown. One time in the last six weeks, and that was to a running back. 
They have not completed a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. It's By the way, tomorrow will be November 25th. <laughs> the last time a wide receiver for the Detroit Lions caught a touchdown pass was October well, 3rd. Huh, Josh Reynolds is in the system now. He's, he's learned it. He's ready to go. Chicago leads the NFL. Leads the NFL with 36 sacks. Khalil Mack's on IR, and it really hasn't mattered. They get after the quarterback. 10 sacks by Robert Quinn. Uh, the Bears have had a six-sack game. They have had a five-sack game. They have had a uh, four-sack game. They've done that three times. Jared Goff may start this game. Not going to finish this game. might finish it. Raiders at Cowboys. Vegas, uh, Las Vegas has averaged 26 points per game during their five-and-two start. They've lost street, three straight games since their bye week and they couldn't reach 17 points in those games. They're on the road, short week against Dallas and that defense, and here's Dallas who wins this game as long as they don't hand it to Vegas. Dak Prescott had his fourth three-turnover game of his career in last week's game against Kansas City. He's going to be down at least one wide receiver to Amari Cooper. I, I've been checking the, the injury list to see what's going on with C.D. Lamb, so monitor that. I picked Dallas to win this game, but that's as long as Dak Prescott just protects the football. Raiders have really gotten a head start on their late season collapse. They started at midseason this year. Well, that that collapse uh, was yep. sped yeah, up by a lot crazy of, a lot of, uh, of issues, starting with losing their head coach. Bills at Saints. Buffalo looking for a rebound. They have allowed 41 points to the Colts last week, and they still, despite allowing 41 points. They're still the number one scoring defense in the National Football League. They've only allowed 176 points all season. Buffalo has not, all season, they have yet to allow a 300-yard passer. They have not allowed a 100-yard receiver on the season. That's how good their defense is, and that is why people still are aboard the Bills bandwagons, because their defense shows up Despite allowing 41 ports to the Colts. They're going to have to play some offense in there. Well, good for them that they're facing the Saints offense. Yes. Uh, There's no weapons there. Alvin Kamara is out again this week. He will not play tomorrow on Thanksgiving night. And Mark Egram is questionable uh, with an injury. He has missed practice all week. He's questionable. Kamara will not play. They, they're now 5-5, five and five and, and they've lost both games without Kamara. Tomorrow, if they lose to the Buffalo, that would be three straight games that they've dropped without Alvin Kamara. He's out with a knee injury. That scoring defense really bolstered. They shut out Miami. They shut out Houston. And they lost 9-6 to Jacksonville. But three games, nine points. That's where they're, the bones of that are from. You know, it's it, really impressive. It's also one thing to get torched defensively, to have a quarterback go off, you hit some big plays – you know, you're, you got one receiver who goes crazy in a game and you, you give up a lot of points. It's another thing to get physically manhandled by a ground attack the way the Bills did against the Colts and Jonathan Taylor last week. I do think that it's a different level of bounce back after you get worked over physically the way the Bills were against the Colts offense. I, I'm anxious to see how that... I don't think they're challenged by the Saints offense... But I am anxious to see how the best defense in football that Hutton just laid out there, how they bounce back after getting physically dominated. You the way also they were. don't have much time to A, physically recover, and B, put things on the field to fix. So to me, it's very much a mental. We just got pushed around, 
And we are not getting pushed around again on national TV for damn sure. Well, we've already seen it. It happened in week one where yeah. Pittsburgh pushed them around in the fourth quarter and the Steelers came back and won that game and shut them out in the second half. And then all of a sudden the Bills turned it on and didn't lose again until they came to Nashville. I, I, I think it's, th- this is very similar to yeah. that. Yeah, it's a shorter, it's a, it's a quicker, quicker turnaround. Turn you know, the, they're having to do it with not much rest going to a Thursday game. Um, I, I don't know. I just think from a mental standpoint, it's, it's different. They're just better than New Orleans. Well, they, yeah, they should be. But, I mean, yeah, they've lost we games. can go down the list in the NFL this year. You know, right. the, the better Titans are better than the Jets. Yeah. The Titans are better than, than Texas. Well, the They're Bills much are better, better than Jacksonville. Jacksonville and yes. they lost 9-6, which is still the score of the year. Coming up, we'll uh, sneak peek to the games on Sunday, the best games. We'll give our thoughts there. Tennessee and Vandy will we'll face off on Saturday. We'll discuss that matchup and much more on OutKick 360. Hang with us. Paul, if you don't mind, I'd like to put a ball on the tee for you briefly for 60 yeah, seconds. I'll I, kick 360 I rolls on. God knows uh, I can't hit a pitch anymore. <laughs> as part of... Can you hit this? That's the question. Here we go. I, I don't know why this is the case. I'm trying to figure out who this guy is. It's a verified account on Twitter. Um, this guy named Chase. Vote for Christian Fulton to the NFL Pro Bowl so he can lead the new generation of cornerback ones Dear God. and put the Titans name in lights. And there's a link for, to vote for Christian Fulton. The guy missed what, four, four or five games? <laughs> I mean, you don't just vote for the guy. Is that his agent? Look, maybe, the, maybe it is. The, I haven't heard I mean, of it. The, the Titans, ha- the Titans him, right? have a lot of qualified guys for the Pro Bowl. Go vote for them. Christian <laughs> Fulton's played well when he's been out there, but if you have a four or five games yeah. where you're out, then, then you've eliminated yourself from, from contention pretty much, <laughs> unless you're just blowing the league away in the games you're playing. While you're at it, go vote if, for Des Fitzpatrick. If he led the league in, in Rookie of the year, Des Fitzpatrick. Otherwise, that's fine. Christian Fulton hasn't proven he can stay healthy yet. He's yeah. played well when he's been healthy. Go vote for Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons. And uh, There's some no-brainers. Yeah. He's not one of them. Have you guys quickly, since we had the aside there, have you guys ever been recommended something from multiple people that you should watch this or you should do this and you're just dreading doing it because you don't want to to report back to them if you liked it or not. I'm, I'm confronted with this with the movie Dune. I have two or three buddies in my neighborhood that Dune says, not for you. you have to watch this movie. It's really good. You want me to intervene? But even one of my buddies, who he's like me. He's not into movies Science. and shows like that. I'm telling you, it's great. You're going to love it. I'm not even into that. You're not going to love you it. you got to watch it. He's always like, please watch Dune and tell me what you think. Tell me what you think of Dune. Have you watched it yet? And I'm dreading turning it on and actually watching I it. I went to the original Dune with Danny Gurra at Movie City 5 in East Brunswick. And that was, uh, I, just from that. It was bad then. The first one is, this new one is tainted. Dune, uh, David Lynch uh, had such a hard time taking the, the actual text from the book and putting it on film to make it make sense. When I read that story about it, I'm thinking, this is not a movie I want to see. If it's so complicated that you can't take the book material the original book, and, get it on film. and translate it to film where it makes sense in the original one, then this so is not you something I want. Can't you just say to these people, no, no, it's not for me. I, I'm glad you enjoyed I it. I mean, he's a buddy. Like a, he's like, it's hey, as a me. friend, you know, no. now a, as a friend, please watch this as and tell me what you think. As a friend, back to you. I appreciate the recommendation, but uh, trust me, it's not for me. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm dreading it. Don't I, do I, it. I, I'll let you guys know if Fight I get Fight the power. 
Fight the man. I just don't see. I've seen the previews, and I'm thinking. It's to legally stream it. There's no way. Well, it, it's on HBO Plus. So stream it. HBO Max. I don't have to stream it at like one o'clock in the morning and tell them they fell asleep. Yeah. Well, he's, it's, it's available with an HBO Max subscription right, right so now. Just so just put it on in the middle of the night and say that you couldn't stay awake. I just don't even see how, it's, or how just it say could that. be good. David, you have thoughts. David has thoughts. Look, see, this is where you guys give me flack about it. I'm self-assured. I know the things I like and yeah. I don't like. Me too. And if someone recommended a stupid movie like that to me, I'd be like, no, I don't like that. I know I'm not going to like that, and I'm not going to go watch it. I'm well, and that's what Paul gets on to me because like, you like every movie you watch. Yeah, thinking, one he I like. watch the movies that I see the trailer, media, have you seen that? and I know that it's going to be good. <laughs> like I watch the trailer, and I think this is something I'm going to enjoy, so I watch it. Watch yeah. him come back and love Dune, and then he's going to tell me and you, hey, you got to watch this Dune. <laughs> and I'm going to tell and him. And then we're going to get, get online and say, hey, you ever have a friend who recommends movies to you that you really don't want to watch <laughs> yes he said he's in this room circle. right now <laughs> i don't see how it's going to be good i don't either you like dune huh <laughs> how about philomena have you seen that that's what dennis later's gonna say oh you like that one huh interesting uh i do like two matchups on sunday both from the afc north ravens browns steelers Bengals. ravens browns those are good games is on so the afc north is the only division where every team is above 500 the Browns sit in last place at six and five. Intriguing matchup because this is what some people are calling the last stand for Baker Mayfield to play hurt, and he's going against the Baltimore defense. A lot of people, are, uh, fans, are calling uh, for for Baker not to be the starter, which I'm surprised by because I appreciate the toughness. Uh, I also understand that the offense isn't really all that great with Baker Mayfield hurt at quarterback right now. He's got Jack they, Conklin back. Well, it, more importantly, he's got Nick Green Chubb Hunt. back. And Chubb is back and healthy, and that's that's their bell cow. That's their identity. Um, they're facing a Ravens team that should have the sickly Lamar Jackson back at quarterback. He did practice today, standing ovation. How's his temperature? To that. How's his temperature? Don't know. Uh, Sunday night that's football. There, um, those Steelers are good games. and Bengals too uh, at noon kickoff on Sunday. So um, a, a, a nice pivot weekend in Week Twelve for that division. Colts and Bucks is also a very intriguing game for me. Really good. Well, Indy, Indy feels like they're going to be a playoff team, and they've really turned it on. The biggest challenge yet, Tampa Bay's defense, which is trying to turn it back on to where they started the season, facing a, a rushing attack in Jonathan Taylor that has been excellent as of late. Uh, 6-0 and whenever he gets going, 15 touchdowns on the season, 13 of those rushing. Can they control the clock? Can Jonathan Taylor take over the way he did last week on the road in Buffalo? I know the Bucks story hasn't been fully written, but do you think it's a fair question right now? Like, hey... Is bringing absolutely everybody back to run it back the, the right thing, or do you need some, some fresh blood, maybe? Um, oh, I think, it's, I think they're fine. I, I still, I'm okay with Tampa right now uh, and where they are. Um, they got back on track against the Giants. Yeah, but they could, if they lose this one, it'll be three out of four? Yes. Yeah, that, bye won't, that won't in. have been a good month. Chad, your thoughts on Vanderbilt and Tennessee. I've got one one quick thought on here. I, I'm curious how many players are playing in their final game at Neyland Stadium. Is Hooker one of them? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see if Hooker goes through senior day activities. Uh, that's what I'll be watching pregame for Is this one. Is it going to be like Folk, Folkerson? Speaking of Hooker, Fake by the last way, games? Uh, speaking of, of, of Hooker, 24 touchdown passes, eighth all-time in Tennessee history. Wow. And he didn't play the whole season. Um, this is the first time since 2000, my freshman year at UT, that Tennessee scored 60-plus in two games in a season. Can they score 60-plus against Vanderbilt? They can. Will they? 
I think Tennessee has come out ready in every single game this year. I have never questioned their preparation or being ready to go, they whether really it be have. a big opponent or a small opponent. If they do that again, they're going to handle Vandy. I, I think the key, Hutton, is make Vandy disinterested in this game by the second half. Yeah. Because Clark Lee, I, I buy Clark Lee's emotion about this game. Growing up in Nashville, I said, this is an emotional game for me, and it will be every year. They're going to pull out all the stops. There's going to be a lot of fake punts, onside kicks, trick plays. If Tennessee withstands that and, and they just go out and play the way they can, I think this is over midway through the third he quarter. He should show them the spread, Hut. Play the game for the spread. By the way, that spread has gone up. It opened at 30. It's now 31 and a half. Steep. It's steep. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. We appreciate you. Enjoy the day tomorrow. Join us Saturday in Auburn. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. Happy Thanksgiving.